This has been so awesome, just so great hearing from people in our house. So um, this morning we have the pleasure to have uh, Dr. Tony Robinson. You better get up here. I am so honored and privileged to be able to do life with this woman. Um, she's been up there, been, her and her family have been a part of our church for about five years. And, um, and I, I love, I love her so much. And, um, and it's just, it's been an honor to be a friend, sister and partner in ministry. So I w- I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do a ministry or life without her. I told her that a long time ago. So she's stuck with us forever. And how many know that if you have four amazing, powerful children that you raised, you have something to say. And she's got four of the most amazing kids I have ever met, other than my own. Just kidding. They're still, they're still getting grown, right? But she, I mean, just raised four incredible children. So her kids, if you don't know, uh, Jordan Robinson has done our children's ministry for about four or five years. And um, Jarrah does our nursery toddlers class, our nursery class, not toddlers. And Chelsea uh, just got back to us from college. And then her other son, Reggie, who you don't get to see, he's actually um, in North Dakota. I know, why? That's what I said, too, when you can live in Las Vegas. But he is actually the director um, of the next gen in the, his whole region. Um, so he does youth and young adults for all of the four square churches in his whole entire region. So um, four incredible children. And so this woman has a lot to teach us. So um, why don't we start and just just talk about who you are. So, yeah, I'm the mom of four amazing children. Um, They're awesome, awesome. Um, By profession, I am a um, life coach and a prophetic strategist and advisor. I work with corporations and entrepreneurs and just everyday people to help ignite their dreams. I'm a dream catalyst, set people's dreams on fire. Um, A lover of God, absolutely a lover of God, a worshiper in my heart, not in vocals. I got Troyo's special no, we, we may, anointing may transfer. And um, a daughter of this house. And um, that's what I live to do is just to light people on fire for Jesus. Okay, so uh, first service was just incredible. And I would love to go that direction again, if that's okay, if you're feeling that. Um, we, we asked you a question, and... Uh, and you, you almost got off the stool like twice. And I gave her, I don't know if you know what that means. That means she can just get up and just preach. I mean, I, t- I actually afterwards, I'm like, we can sit down. We don't need to. But um, the question would be being a prophetic uh, voice in the body of Christ and in our house. And, and I would say this again, one of the most loving prophetic voices. Um, I used to blame my rudeness on my prophetic anointing. And some prophetic people are a little sharp, but how many know Sister Tony walks in the love of God and speaks with grace and truth? And it's so powerful. And, and I'll just add to what my wife said. It is such an honor to have you a part of this family, this tribe, that we know we're going to influence the nations. And you are truly a world changer, sis. And you know that. Um, but I, I, I just want to ask you, as a prophetic voice in the body of Christ, where do you see the church headed? Our church, the church in the city, the global body of Christ. Uh, and, and what do you see God doing through the church and in the world uh, today? I'm not going to get out of the chair, but um, <laughs> I explained to them earlier is that this is what I've been getting from the spirit is that we have to embrace truth, um, not just what's true, but we have to embrace truth. And right now our country is in such a place of kind of turmoil and uprise. And how many of you know the devil's not a creator? 
He's a counterfeiter, and he doesn't ever give a mirror reflection. He gives the polar opposite. So if he's telling you you're ugly, you'll never have anything, you'll never be anything, that absolutely is a lie because God is saying you're beautiful, made in my image, I've given you everything, and you will be everything. So right now we're seeing where all we're hearing is the reports of division and discord and the races, which I call the ethnos because there's one race, the human race. And so we see all of this division taking place, and, and those are landmarks that as believers we should be looking at and with our ears hearing what heaven is saying is like if he's not a creator and he's a counterfeiter what I'm telling you as a body of Christ is that this is a time of unity that I'm raising the body up as a whole unified body where there is no Hebrew there is no Greek there's no black there's no white but there's you my children my sons and daughters and I'm raising you up in one accord and in unity and we have to be able to get that and allow that to the truth of that to sear our hearts because if we we reap what we speak And if we continue to speak what the world is speaking, what the media is speaking, what everybody is on Facebook ranting and raving and speaking about, what are we prophesying? We have been given a mandate to prophesy and declare the truth of God. And there is no division in the Father. There is no division in heaven. There is no division. And I'm telling Get off the stool, woman of God. No, no, I can't. But I'm telling you now, if you look around, we're not... Okay, listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Look around. Look in this room. We are united. There is no division here. We are diverse. We are exact replica of what heaven looks like and what we're called to reproduce on the earth. If we look out in the land, there are churches. Oh, America is more divided now than it's ever been. The races are more divided. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That that is a lie. I'm going to tell you that is a lie. Look at what going on in the body we are the reflection of heaven look at churches Joel Osteen's church T.D. Jakes our church where 50,000 people will gather under one roof on a Sunday morning to worship and praise the true and living God in unity with one voice with one accord one mission and that is to make him known that is the truth we're being united people we're not the world is not going to hell in a handbasket, but heaven is coming out yes. in the form of the body of believers. Yes. Okay, I'll go too far. I'll go too far. Hashtag. Sit down if you can. <laughs> Incredible. How many know when we embrace the prophetic voices in the body of Christ, a shift comes? How many believe the church is being reformed? And, you know, we talked about this, and I'd love to just chat about it again. Um, it may turn into preaching, you know. Uh, it's, it's a revival chat is what it is. But I, I feel like there is, well, I wouldn't just say I feel like. I know that there is a, kind of a stream of thinking in American Christianity where what we have done is we've exalted the, the flag over the cross. And there's a nationalistic idol and you touched on some things, and, and I, I just feel like uh, there's, there's these tentacles of, of political leaven that's so woven into our Christianity where we think we have this covenant with God above all the other nations of the world. And I don't think that's healthy. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no scripture in the Bible that says America has a covenant with God. You can't find it in the Bible. There are people in America that are part of the new covenant. But there are also people in every nation that are part of the covenant. And the scripture talks about the wall of separation has been torn down in Christ. And he made one new man, one new race, Ephesians chapter 2. And then it goes on to say that we were uh, created to be a dwelling place for God in the spirit. And so God is is manifesting his presence. And and it's just increasing. I think think we're going to see some radical stuff happen in the next few decades in the church and through the church. But how do we as the church... You said it last service, but how do we, you know, Jesus said, beware of the political leaven and beware of or the, the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisee. And uh, how do we step out of that and learn who we really are so that we can we can walk in this kingdom thing? It starts with um, knowing 
um, it's love, knowing that we're loved, um, that God is love, and his love is in us, and what's really key, wait a minute, who is going to escort me to my car when this is over, because, okay, (laughs) but listen, um, we have to pick up our sonship over our citizenship, You are more of a son of God than you are a citizen of these great United States. And I love America, and we're blessed to be a part of America. But America is not my God. And we have exalted our nation and our forefathers. And, we, you know, they came here to establish religion, freedom, and all of this. But we have to really really dig in the truth. What did they really believe? And I'm not here to give a history lesson because I'm a life coach, not a history teacher. But when we understand that, we begin to tear those walls down and tear down some things that are not solidly truth and foundations to say, wait a minute, am I idolizing America or am I worshiping the king? Which one is it? Because If we're worshiping the king and we're sons of the king, then we ought to be reproducing the kingdom. And we cannot exalt the flag above the cross. That's where it changed. The flag doesn't change things. The cross changed everything. And when we get that, I don't, listen, um, for me as a black woman, and I know there's this uh, uh, you know, upheave and all of this stuff that's going on. And we will never diminish or minimalize what people have experienced because your experience is real. But your experience should be a catalyst for change in how you oh. see and view things oh. in the positive rather than, a ne- than into the negative. I cannot hold grudges against anybody because my allegiance is not with the, with the, the country. My allegiance is with the king. And the oh. king has created a change in me. Therefore, I take any abuses or any of these miswrongdoings that have been done to us as a people and I bring them vertical rather than horizontal so I'm establishing the kingdom of love I'm redeeming some things I'm reclaiming some things we're bringing restoration among into the hearts of the brothers so my identity and I think as believers we have to take that on that we lay down our citizenship in order to pick up our sonship that's it. Come on. That's it. Come on. So I think it's important we just, like, understand this, that there is an authority that the nation carries. Yes. yes. And then there's an authority the church carries. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've kind of merged the streams, yes. which is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember who we are. And I love living in the country that I live yes. in. I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else unless the Lord called me to start a revival in Europe in 20 years. Come on, somebody. I might be prophesying, but I... I love, I love our, our leaders, and we have to pray for our leaders. The Bible says, honor the king. Yes. And, you know, that was Nero when he wrote that. Mm-hmm. And Nero was a lot worse than any of our leaders in the last century, that's for sure. Yes. And so I think it's important that we still carry that honor. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we should be honoring more than anyone else. Yes. I mean, we should be the yes. ones that are, with our words, with our Facebook posts, come yes. on, somebody, with our... Twitter with, I mean, we should be honoring. It doesn't mean that we flatter and it doesn't mean that we just do a whole facade and make stuff up. Mm -hmm. We speak the truth in love. We're assertive. Sometimes that means we disrupt toxic cultures. And this is, this conversation is disrupting toxic cultures and mentalities that, that we somehow are this elite nation over the other nations of the world. Mm -hmm. And we need a, a radical love revolution. We need enemy love. Yes. We need foot washers. We need people that are willing to forgive. Radical forgiveness is one of the most powerful manifestations of heaven. It's like the mercy seat in the Old Testament. That's where the glory rested. And that's the place where there's no remission of sin. Imagine if our hearts became like the mercy seat. Imagine the glory that would rest and be seen on our lives. The glory is the revelation of the love of God. Imagine how the world would be looking yeah. at the church and yeah. saying, that's what we need because that's family, that's yeah. relationship, that's wholeness, that's healing, that's love. Yeah. And so we need to rise up. And you said it for service. The church needs to rise up. We do. We have to rise up in the authority that's been given us and the power that's been given us. And I gave an illustration that um, authority will always trump power. 
And I, the illustration I gave is that when my husband was alive, some of you were, know him, knew him, and um, he worked for a certain division of the government, and um, where he worked and what he did, it was all access and very top, 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 whatever, whatever. And so there was things that he had access to as a regular, ordinary person that if the president of the United States who holds what is reported to be the most powerful position in the world showed up, he would be denied access because he didn't have the authority. And so he had power but no authority. We have been given both, both power from on high and authority from the king. And when we walk in that authority and we walk in that power, that creates change. And the root of all of that is actually going to be love, the love of Father. The love of God is the most powerful, powerful thing that we can embrace and that we can release that changes the world, it changes cultures, it changes climate. It shifts every single thing. Yeah. I want to say this because as Zach was saying some things, uh, something came to me too is that um, uh, what we, I talked about this before, what we meditate on is what we become. And see what happens is this, if my my vision is set towards the, the king and the kingdom. And I, many of you know this. I've said it before. I don't watch a lot of news. I don't watch. I just don't digest a lot of that stuff because it changes how I look. But if all I do is sit up and engulf on CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox News, and all this other stuff, and Facebook, it changes how I look at you. Because it would make me believe that every white person in here is my enemy. And we're in the same church. And you're not my enemies. You're my brother, my sister. And it causes me to walk in the door. And my heart is being closed off to you because I'm, I've, I'm creating thought bubbles that have nothing to do. I'm like, like she didn't speak to me today. Mm. Oh, I, I saw what she posted on Facebook. And, you know, and it, it causes that. It's like, wait, did wow. they just post that? I, we go to the same church. I didn't know that was in their heart. We don't know what's in someone's heart. But when we restrict our diets to what's true, then we will begin Come to on. produce the truth. And out of truth will flow the authority and the power that's given us from heaven. Because if I'm looking for authority and power to come from the hands of men, I'll never attain and walk in the authority and power that's been given to me from the Father. So and good. that's what's going to produce the change. So good. You know, it's, um, it's a one heart at a time. One heart at a time will transform our community. It's a love revolution. I was um, watching this interview with the African American woman on um, one of the news networks, and she's a she's a host, she's a uh, anchor, and she had a phone call from someone that's in the KKK, and he said, "I'm I'm racist, and I admitted, and I'm a part of the KKK, and this is who I am." and And she said, "Why do you think that you are that?" And he said, "Because every experience I've ever had with the opposite race was negative." And she said, "I want you to come to my house for dinner." Then I want to take you to church with me. And his heart began to change. His heart began to turn. Because it's one life at a time. It's one heart at a time. And if we as a church would open up our heart, we'd start to change our communities. When Zach and I decided to plant the church, we said our heart will stay open to people, all people, every person, every heart. Our heart stays open. And because of that, you attract the people your heart is open to. Look around at your, your peer group, your friend group, your intimate group. Who are those people? That's who your heart is open to. And if it's not like manifold, like the many-coloredness of God, the, 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 the difference of who God is, your heart isn't open. Diversity happens in our heart. Walls come down in our heart, one heart at a time. You know, um, we, Zach got the opportunity to speak at a conference this weekend about unity, and the, the question was asked to him, you know, how does, how does an African-American church open their hearts to, to a Caucasian congregation? How does a Caucasian church open their heart to African-American con congregation? It starts with the heart of the leader, opening their heart to the other people. When a heart opens... One heart at a time. One heart at a time.
there's hope for our nation. There's hope for our churches. There's hope for unity. Whatever the world's climate is, God is doing something different. You can't measure what God is doing by what the news medias tell you. That is not what God is doing. You walk into a church on a Sunday morning and you hear the heartbeat of God. Don't turn on the radio. Don't turn on the news because that is not what God is doing. This is what God is doing in the earth. Our spiritual climate has to adjust based off what God is doing, not what the world is doing. Something Zach always says is we have to learn to be um, thermostat Christians, not thermometer Christians, because anybody can read the temperature, but it takes somebody to actually make a choice to change it. Change our atmosphere. One heart at a time. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He has given us everything. We, church, People of God, we have the key to change our climate. We have it. Opening your heart. Will you open up your table to your enemies? Will you open up your your table to people that don't look like you, think like you, or act like you? There's so much beauty and diversity. You know, I grew up, I don't even know what racism is. I just didn't understand it. It was, I didn't have a gauge for it. You know, I grew up with a, my little sister was black, and I just thought I was just a little bit lighter than her. She's, she's still black, yeah. I don't know why I say that. I was just the lightest of the bunch. It didn't, it, for me, it didn't make any difference. I just felt like I, I just didn't tan as well or something. I didn't have a grid for it. And I remember the first time experiencing um, th- that people actually thought that way. And I just, I thought, I don't even, that doesn't, I don't, doesn't make any sense in my mind. But if we change the way we raise our children and we change the way we interact with our community and we change the way we interact with our churches and our leaders and, and, and people, then we will change the climate of our city and our community. Yeah. We will change it. The world is saying we're separate. The church has to say we're not. Be the counterculture. Be the counterculture, the kingdom culture. You know, when we talk about hope, we have to really believe that he can be our hope, right? Your hope is not a president. Your hope is not a politician. Your hope is not a government system. Our hope is Jesus. Now, if anybody knows hope, Tony, it's you. If anybody knows that there is a light at the end of our situation, it's you. Um, About a year and a half, has it been a year and a half? One of my favorite people that ever lived, uh, Reggie, went home to be with the Lord. And I just remember thinking, I just don't think that this should happen. How can this happen? He, you know, if anybody was kinder or more loving, it was Reggie. And, you know, I would just hear stories about how he would just sit and talk to homeless people and just love them. Just talk to them. When no, the people nobody else would talk to, he would sit and talk to them. You know who, you know who, that was, my son Josiah, his favorite person was Reggie. Because Reggie would just sit and talk with him throw the football with him, play with him. These young boys remembered him more than anybody. But if anybody knows hope, it's you, because a year and a half ago he went home to be with the Lord, and it shouldn't have happened. I want you to talk about that. can look at Zach because he has that one tear and if he does one tear I'll have 50 it it was it was the losing Reggie although I don't I use that term really loosely because we know exactly where he is he's not lost you won't find him in lost and found Um, I just say he took an early retirement Um, losing him was the hardest time for me personally that I've ever experienced for my children that they've ever experienced it it was um, 
without measure. The most painful thing that I've experienced to date, um, I never would like to experience a pain of that magnitude again. But throughout every step and measure of it, God was with us. His love daily pursued us. His love would come crashing in um, and just break down every wall, every barrier that grief and death would try to rise up and, and um, you know, build up. And I love when we sing songs that says, you know, death, where is your sting? And like we sing today, it's like God has no rival. There's no equal. Death didn't get to win. Death didn't get to win. And sometimes we're, for us, um, that dark place came from the death of my husband, my children's father, my best friend. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary and anticipated 25, at least more years together. Um, and never would we have, we did we see that coming just, well, you know, I will say that coming to Encounter actually prepared me for that. And I tell my kids, something shifted. And this is why when you're plugged into a community, God will surround you with a community before you even realize that you need them. And if my heart was shut off to them because they're diverse, I couldn't receive what the community rose up for us. But we began to get words for our family that were amazing words about our future and it started with Deanna, and she would say, I saw this, and I saw that, and people would give us these words. And they would say, and I saw you, and I saw the kids. And one day it dawned on me, it's like, I told the kids going home from church, I said, I'm a little bit concerned for dad. They said, well, I said, because we keep getting all these words, and they only see us. It's like, so where, where is dad? You know, it's like, so, you know, you just think, mm, no. And so, but that prepared me when I didn't even know I needed to be prepared. And it gave me words to stand on that we would be okay, even in the midst of this. And sometimes things die. Life happens. Um, things take place in our lives. And it may not be a physical death, but it causes us to be in a dark place, in a dark situation. But I'm a witness that there is hope. There is hope in the Father. There is hope in community. Whatever it was, you're... I remember when um, God told me, he said, you have to get up and keep going. And I was like, I, I want to lay in the bed and grieve. He's like, you got to get up and keep going. He said, just because Reggie died doesn't mean that your purpose died with him. And I was like, but we had all these plans that we were going to do this, this, and this. And he reminded me, he said, you had purpose before you, there ever was a Reggie in your life. So you have to fulfill that purpose. You fulfill the purpose that you were supposed to fulfill together. Now you got to fulfill this. And he said, and get up and walk in purpose. And he had been gone just a few days, and I came to meet with you to talk about the memorial service. And she looked kind of like, oh, I don't know how to ask her this. And do you remember that conversation? <laughs> and God was, give the word for Women's Restored was about going through life storms. And, she, and you're like, God, I, I haven't been through a storm or anything in a while. What is this? And he told you, he said, it's for Tony. My husband had been gone like three days, and he said, you got to get up because purpose is still here, and it's dishonoring if you stop living. You actually dishonor if you don't fulfill your purpose. And so I'm sitting here, and she's like, and, you know, if it's too soon, but I just feel like, you know, would you? And I just looked at her and laughed and said, gosh, God is sending me alone. But we have so much hope, and you said something during worship. When you said that the, the, the greatest fruit is in the valley, and I don't want us to cast aside or despise our valley experiences. This has been a valley. It hasn't been easy. Someone said you make it look easy. Looks can be deceiving because it hasn't been easy at all. But we're blessed because despite it all, we have so much hope. And I'm right now living in the most fruitful season. It doesn't matter what everything else looks like. I have hope in the fruit of God's love for us. <laughs> I, that's all I can say about that right Come now. Come on. You got to ask me another question because... <laughs> You know, it's so powerful, so profound the way God is so near to the brokenhearted.
been so present. And, and even like our, and if you want to talk about this for a minute, you can, you don't have to, but uh, it takes a long time to unlearn what I'm about to say in relation to how we see God and, and, and our understanding of God being sovereign, that not everything that happens is God's will or his intent. You know, we'll quote verses like, well, all things work together for good. That's right. He can make all things work. He can take a broken thing and make it beautiful. The Bible doesn't say he initiates all things. It says he'll work all things. A profound difference. And in Western Christianity, we teach this in our school, but we have been entrenched with this idea that God exhaustively controls everything. And that's just not the, the God that Jesus revealed, the Father. And, and so the Father, even Jesus, you know, and let me just give it to you right here. Uh, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, pray, your will be done, your kingdom come. If we were given that prayer, then, I mean, obviously not everything that happens is God's will. We're supposed to pray his will being done. I mean, it's very simple, but that's profound. And, uh, and, and you know, and God can make broken things beautiful, but I, I love, and beauty for ashes. Yes. But I love the, the, just the reality that God's so near to the brokenhearted. Yes. I mean, it's so profound. Like, look at the cross, the most barbaric thing that happened that changed the world. How present was God in that? He was right there taking the blows. And he said, I forgive you. I love you. And, and that's the theology of the cross, looking at the incarnation and what Jesus went through and how um, there's, there's beauty in it. There's glory. That, and, and ultimately, we'll see that glory revealed that he did conquer death. Yes. And he's the first fruits of it. And yes. And the final resurrection, the Christian hope, come on, somebody, that we're all going to be raised with glorified bodies. Hallelujah. I won't have that bum knee anymore. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, I can't wait to see Reggie again. And, his, and his, I remember the dinner we had with you guys. And I was just astounded at the beauty of his heart for people. And the stories and what he'd been through. I had no idea yep. that he went through what he did as a kid. Yep. I mean, what a, what a profound testimony. And, I, and I'll just say this again. You guys have done an amazing job with your kids. Your kids are shining stars, anointed world changers. I mean, Jordan, I just, he's, he's a son to me and I absolutely love him. There he is right there. Love you, man. I'm so proud of you. And so you've, <laughs> you've done such a great job, and, and you still are. And we're so honored to have you part of this house. And uh, so, I mean, if you want to talk about the whole God is in control thing, you can, but you don't have to. But okay. I, I will say this, is that we have been taught that God is in control and, you know, every little detail and every little thing, and that's really not true. Um, even with my husband's passing away, he had a choice. Um, and I remember when it was just over and he was gone and the, I heard God say, this wasn't my will and it wasn't my plan, but he had a choice. And he chose, he made a decision that he um, thought would be best for you all, but absolutely knew what was best for him. And it just shook me. And Chris Ritchie showed up at the hospital. And... You know, if you know Chris, he's going to pray for the dead till they come back. Whether you want him to come back or not, he's going to believe God. <laughs> you know, come some on. people you just want to let go. But he's like, no, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and he walks in the room and he says, listen, guys, you know, Chris, is this just, it is what it is. And that's just, first of all, you already know this wasn't God's will. This wasn't his plan. I was like, he said, I just need to tell you that. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, on the way here, I had a vision of heaven, and, and Reggie was sitting next to the Father in heaven, and he had the biggest smile, and he looked at me like, I'm good. <laughs> and he said he knew that he made a choice, and he said, and you know, when they make a choice, very rarely do they come back. And so I was okay with that, but he had a choice in it. And we think sometimes, we, get, we have a vision of God that he's like some crazy serial killer that's roaming the earth snatching up our loved ones and taking them somewhere because he needs another angel and heaven needed them more and if can i just share this with you all if you know someone who loses loved one please do not tell them god needs another angel 
you know, he created more than enough. And that, you know, heaven needed them more. Okay, can we stop doing that? (laughs) But that's the reality. God is not a serial killer. And he's not out here harvesting souls like some reverse grim reaper. And the Bible is clear. It's appointed to a man once to die. So we all will die at some point. But it's not a great harvest that God is doing but what he does do is take those pockets and places where we've encountered death and he gives life death is not the end on this end or the next one can I tell you that out of death works life and just as my husband is more alive in heaven than he's ever been we ever was on earth we are more alive now than we've ever been we miss him our hearts ache for him but out of death works life and God has done some creative things in myself and my children and we have seen elevation we have seen escalation that we would not have experienced outside of having tasted and experienced death so while God will make something beautiful he doesn't orchestrate our demise he's for us not against us So if you have experienced brokenness, if you've experienced death, if you've experienced loss, I don't care if it's loss of life, loss of limb, loss of job, loss of family, they don't talk to you no more, whatever that looks like, guess what? That's not the end of the story. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, God is able to take that thing and redeem it because God is perpetually rewriting our story. And better than that, God is giving us the opportunity to rewrite the story because he's given it to us to take responsibility for our own selves so we don't have to sit in sackcloth and ashes waiting for God to just show up and make something beautiful God is saying you can rise up shake off the ashes shake off the dust I've given you a pen and here's a blank slate your life is able to be as full and colorful as you decide to make it we get a choice do we get to wallow in despair or do we get to rejoice in joy what will your decision be out of death works life and we choose life every single day every single day I get up and I say today I'm choosing life death you can you can kiss grits and kick rocks because we're gonna keep it bumping in the Robinson tribe come on on. get off the stool come on look at your neighbor say get off the stool (laughs) you almost got off the stool again says the song that we sang in uh, through the storms, there's perfect peace, and in brokenness, there's healing released. Sometimes the olive, well, the olive has to be crushed in order for fresh oil to come out. That's the Garden of Gethsemane, and there are times in life where there can be renewal and strength and hope. And I and I do want to say this uh, on the whole: God is in control thing. God is sovereign; He's in charge. And he's so sovereign that he can choose not to exhaustively control everything. He has created and consented in his sovereignty in natural order that some things just move according to natural laws. So like things happen, you know, you know that saying stuff happens, but it's the other word. Come on, somebody go ahead and say it. No, I'm just playing. You're in church. You know, you said it last week when you were driving, someone cut you off. Stuff happens. That's, that's the, I mean, stuff, life happens, but God is good. And so he's in charge. He's involved and he wants, he wants us. We have, if there wasn't like free will, then really there's no such thing as love and relationship. And so he, he never wanted us to be robots. He wanted us to be sons and daughters. And that's a profound truth that it takes a long time to unlearn. And if you want help in that area, enroll into STSL. We have a, yes. a school yes. and we go through the stuff yes. and we go through 2000 years of church history and look at how church fathers, uh, some negatively impacted, some positively. But there there are things that happen in church history that impacted our very thinking mm-hmm. and our understanding and vision of God. And really what it is, it's a Greek philosophical concept of God mixed in with our Christian vision of God. And it takes a long time to get rid of that contamination, but it's so liberating, isn't it? It's so freeing. And then you see God involved. He answers our prayer and he's close Mm -hmm. and he's not up there like, well, I did it to teach you a lesson, you know, Mm -hmm. and the whole understanding of God allowing, well, he consented in the way he created everything. 
I mean, ultimately, he allowed it, but it's not like he's up there in heaven say, well, yeah, I'll allow that car accident to happen. Oh, I won't allow that mm -hmm. car accident to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, we make choices. How many know that we make choices? Yes. There's demons and mm -hmm. there's natural laws. There's things that happen. Sometimes our bodies are just messed up, you yes. know? Yes. Um, and so we're not perfect, but one day, death yes. will be no more for us. Come on now. And so that's powerful. I don't know yes. if you want to say anything more on that, but yes. that's just yeah. such a profound truth. I, I wanted truth. to just interject this because I have this thought going on in my, man, my brain. Because not everybody knows our story. Not everybody knew what happened. So in, in saying he had a choice. Um, so it, it was not like a suicide. He didn't take his own life like that. He'd had a stroke. And there was even a miracle in that stroke that he had because the type of a stroke that he had, 98% um, of the people that have it die instantaneously from it because it, it was a brain aneurysm. His, the blood vessels burst. And then um, a few days later, he, he suffered another one in the same exact spot. And so it just led up to some other things with kidney failure and pneumonia and stuff. So he didn't take his own life. But but the thought came to me is like, I need to make that clear. So people are like, oh, no, that wasn't what happened. But if there's somebody, I don't know if it's online or here, that has lost a family member to suicide, and you have just been so broken inside because you don't know, it's like we've been told this thing that, you know, suicide is like the impardonable sin. I don't know where that came from. That's not in the Bible. Um, and so there's always hope and we don't know and you can trust God for your loved one you really really can and there's peace that God wants to release into your heart and that life will get better that we don't have to just be bound to what happened in that moment so if you anybody you know that has committed suicide and I'm not like writing a free pass or whatever that looks like but I feel like God wants to give you hope he wants to give you encouragement that he, he's just good. God is just all around good. It's just, I just felt that first. I don't know, just felt that. Can you guys say amen to this? Are you so thankful? Tony's a part of this house. I'm so thankful. Yeah. Um, I love you so much. I um I just want to pray for some people. Lee, can you yeah, can we dim the lights in the house? I feel like some of us need some hope restored this morning. Sometimes life hits you like a big ton of bricks. Sometimes stuff happens and you find yourself in this place and you're like, how did I get here? And what the heck? Where where did I turn wrong? And there is always hope. There is always an answer. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He can give you so much hope. I've been in moments where I've said, God, if I just have my family, and even if we're living in a box, I am so full of joy. Jesus can give you so much hope that no matter what your situation, there is such a peace on the inside. And so I am just, I just want to release that to you guys this morning. Whatever you're going through, there's hope. And you can find an anchor. And that anchor is peace. Can you lift your hands with me this morning? God, I pray the supernatural peace of heaven would just fill this room. Just fill this room. Yeah. Sharon, I really feel like this is for you right now. Supernatural peace. Rosie, supernatural peace. Supernatural. Whatever your situation. Mitch and Jessica, supernatural. There is hope no matter 
the storm. There is hope no matter the situation. There is an anchor that will hold you down, that will hold you tight. You know, if you're in the middle of a storm on the ocean, but your boat is anchored to the ground, you will not move. You will not tip over. You will not go under. But hope is your anchor, and Jesus is your peace in the middle of a storm. Every situation. God, hold your people this morning. There's a song that says, there's no mountain he won't climb up coming after you. There's no wall he won't kick down. There's no lie he won't tear down. To reach after you. Jesus is always about the one. If you're the one this morning, just take a hold of it. Jesus, do what you do. Love how you love, God. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I just want to prophesy over this couple in the front row. Just the whole morning you guys are catching my eye I don't know if it's your first time but I just want to Father I just see a turnaround I just there's this ministry written all over your life and I don't know what yesterday looked like but there is a season coming where you're going to see every word that's been spoken and God just restore everything the enemy has stolen and so I just declare this turnaround coming and you're in a season of newness of joy of restoration and of promise Steph and Dan will you just put your hands on this couple just pray for them bless them Jesus, Jesus. Jara, lift your hands up, sweetie. Yep. Won't he do it for you? Won't he do it for you? If he'll do it for anyone, he'll do it for you. So every door that needs to open, God, we just say open. see past all my tears now. Jesus. Thank you, God. Is that Deverick? Deverick? Is that you back there? No. Who's the man behind Shiona? Who's that man behind you? Tap him. Go ahead. You want to pray for him? Go ahead. I just want to release this over you. It, um, I just keep hearing this. You're a good man. You are a good man. And God's love for you is immutable. Your heart is so open to the things of God and his love. And when I first glanced, it, I did, did a double take because this kind of reminded me. I was like, he reminds me of Reggie. And I see that same kind of residue of a love for people, a genuine passion and love for people. And God is increasing the hope in your life. And you're going to increase the level of which you give hope to people. But you're a good man. You are a good man. It doesn't matter what the world has said, what your past may have said, or your experience have tried to condition you to believe. But you are a good man. And this couple right here, I, don't, I, I can see them. 
Um, there's a shifting in your life as well. And the same word that Rochelle spoke over this couple, I felt like you can receive that word for yourself. It, it, they have on like burgundy or... The back middle. Yes, in okay. the back right there. And, um, but there's a shifting for you here. And you're not even here by accident. And when I say here, I don't necessarily mean an encounter. I mean in this region. You're not here by coincidence. And um, we just talked about God not being in control. But I feel like you guys have been divinely led here. And there's an assignment here for you. And I don't know if this is your first time or not. But I strongly encourage you to connect with Pastor Zach and Rochelle. Because there's, there's, there's a thing there. And it is, so take that word that they got for you for that shift and connect with them because that shift is going to happen sooner rather than later. Say yes. Just lift your hands with me, would you? Come on. How many enjoyed this morning? Isn't it awesome? Come on. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we release your peace. We release courage and hope. Let the weighty glory come and just fall on every heart now. Holy Spirit, like a refreshing wind, would you just blow across this place and touch your precious people. Church, we're in a season of reproduction. Anytime that happens, ladies start getting pregnant too. All the wives, there's uh, twins coming. There's a miracle baby. Another baby on the way. I want you to just embrace what and what God wants to birth in you. It is a truly a new season. What a message of hope and life through every storm and valley. Come on. Thank you, Lord. So if you need prayer for anything else, or maybe you want, you want a prophetic word, we have a, an amazing anointed prayer team. Can we have the prayer team come up right now? And would you guys just come and get ready? And we're going to dismiss. I'll have my wife do that. If you guys have anything else you want to share, uh, anything by way of the prophetic, you go for it. Um, but we want to make sure everyone gets ministered to. If there's anyone in here, says, I, I still need prayer. I need to pray. If you've, maybe you've never received Jesus and you want to surrender your life to him. Today's the day. Come on, somebody. Look at the person next to you say, today's the day. Maybe he's calling you to recommit and just surrender and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. God has great plans for every single one of you. So if you need prayer, we love you. We bless you. Uh, and if you want to be dismissed, you may. I'm going to hand it over to Rochelle. Thank you so much for being with us today, and um, we love you. Please stop at the Connect desk on your way out. Register for LoveX, or if it's your first time, we have a gift for you and some people for you to meet.